You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. Because God is light, we are to live in the light. Know more about this truth in week one of Indeed in this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. Uh, we are starting a brand new series titled Indeed, and uh, it's really a book study on the, first, the book of 1 John. It's the, it's the third to the last book of the New Testament. And it's, you know, the Apostle John wrote this book in order for the believers. And who are the believers in this place? Can you please raise your hand if you are a believer? Wave your hand if you are a believer. All right. So this book, okay, was written for us. And it's meant to help us understand our salvation in Christ. And so it's going to be a four-week uh, series for, for all of us. And the objective will be, uh, we will be assured that we have eternal life in Christ as evidenced by how our belief about God is increasingly reflected in our lifestyle. In other words, what this is saying is that if you are, you know, if Christ is in your life indeed, then it has to be shown indeed. All right. And so, you know, let our salvation be seen by the people around us. And today we're going to be looking at God being the light. I believe that we are all familiar with the news that came out maybe about a couple of days ago about the power outage in Luzon. I think this is about a couple of days ago. This is from the Inquirer. It says there are rotating brownouts caused by power plant outage. And I'm not sure if this will reach us here in Metro Manila, but I, I heard that some uh, places have been affected already about a six-hour rotating brownout. But despite the rotating brownout, they also said that there's going to be a power hike. Okay? And it says the higher power rates come at the time when Metro Manila and other parts of Luzon are suffering from rotating brownouts due to a power supply shortfall. And the shortfall stems from the shutdown, fuel supply problems, and low generating capacity of various power plants in the country's main island, which is Luzon. Now, how many of you love to have brownouts? Anybody here? <laughs> you know, I hate brownouts, uh, if I'm going to be honest with you. First, it's hot. Uh, second, it's dark. I don't want darkness, you know, especially during the nighttime. In fact, it's interesting that there's a satellite photo taken from from outer space, okay? Uh, that's why it's a satellite photo, okay? And uh, it's actually focused on Asia. And if you notice, there are lights all around except for this particular place right there in the middle. And they said that that is the nation of North Korea. And if you can see how dark it is, that, uh, you know, compared to the southern neighbor, which is really filled with lights and, of course, on the left side is China. On the uh, right side is Japan. It's full of lights. And you can see that in North Korea, where there's uh, communism, there's so much darkness. Now, this is not talking, you know, this message is not about communism. It's going to be talking about the difference between light and darkness. So I'd like to invite everyone to stand with me. We're going to be looking at the book of First John. Uh, chapter 1, beginning from uh, verse 5, and we're going to be studying uh, this attribute of God being light. Let's begin from verse 5. This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you, God is 
light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. Verse 7, But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have what? Fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. How many of you know that is good news? Diba? I mean, that's uh, the grace from God. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from what? All. Everybody say all. All unrighteousness. Not just some, but all unrighteousness. If we claim uh, we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar and His word has no place in our lives. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we welcome you in this place. We thank you that you are indeed light. We thank you that you always shine upon us, Lord God. We thank you that every time you're there, darkness disappears. And Lord, we thank you that you will illuminate your word. Speak to your people today. Help us to live a life uh, that is reflective of your attribute being the God of light. And we thank you, Lord God, that in our lives, May people see us and may they validate our walk uh, that we are indeed believers and Christians because of the way we live our lives that are honoring to you. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say, Amen. You may all be seated. All right. Just to give you a uh, short background on this particular book, this is, uh, of course, First John was written by the Apostle John, okay? the same gospel writer that wrote the book of John. So First uh, John is found towards the end of the Bible. And, you know, John is known to be the apostle that what? That Jesus loved, okay? Of course, he was the one who wrote that, right? Uh, and that is found in his book, in the book of John. He was one of the four gospel writers. In fact, when, we, when he was called by Jesus... Uh, he used to be a fisherman. His brother was James. And their father was Zebedee. Their mom was Salome. And, you know, they're, they're considered to be part of the, what you, saw, what you call the inner circle of Jesus. In fact, there were three that are so intimate with the Lord, Peter, James, and John. And so you can see that the two brothers are so close to Jesus that their own mom went to Jesus one day and said that, Lord, if it's possible, can one of my sons sit at your right in your kingdom and one of my, the other son, may he sit on the left? Okay? So, kumbaga, para hindi papatay si Lord, nilalakad na niya. Okay? Yung position. Pumapuesto na, ika nga. Ganun, no? But, you can see that this particular apostle was, I don't know if it was really special because among the 12 apostles, he was the one who outlived the others. All the others died because of martyrdom, except Judas, of course. Uh, he, you know, he hanged himself. But all the rest died, you know, being a martyr. You know, James was beheaded. Peter was crucified upside down because he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified in the same way that my master was crucified. So he volunteered, can you, if you're going to crucify me, can you do the crucifixion upside down? So yung ulo niya nasa baba. Okay, how many of you would like to volunteer you know, that way. Parang ang hirap nun, di ba? Doon pa lang, wala ka na eh. Patay ka na nun, di ba? Now, John, 
what they what happened was when persecution hit, he was said it was said that he was captured and the Roman Empire actually uh, punished him by putting him in a pot of boiling oil. Dinip Frisha. But guess what happened? He survived. And that's why he actually also got the nickname Thick Skin John. Kasi buhay pa siya eh. Can you imagine? I don't know kung yung skin niya, you know, based on that. But somehow, hindi uh, tinablan nung pot of boiling oil. And so he was exiled in the island of Patmos and that's where he saw uh, a revelation from the Lord and thus he wrote the book of Revelation. Now, I'm saying this so that we can understand that in the next four weeks, this particular writer is really writing to us as believers. And he's showing us this is the way to live our lives. I've walked with the Lord. In fact, I encourage all of us to read the book of 1 John. It's a short read. Okay, If there's a book that you would like to volunteer to read, ito yon, Okay, That you can actually sit down tonight and finish it in one sitting. That's how short this book is. How many of you will uh, voluntarily try to read the book of 1 John this whole week? Can you please raise your hand? Yan. Okay. Konti lang. Okay. Thank you for being honest. Okay. Now, how many of you own a Bible? Can you please raise your hand? You own your own Bible and not from the hotel that you checked in, that you took out with you. Okay. You actually bought it. Okay. Now, if you bought your Bible, let me encourage you to read it. It's good for us to, to read and really meditate on the Scripture. Now, this particular text that we have read presents to us that God is light. Everybody say, God is light. You know, God loves light. And I believe that in the same way when He saved us, He made us children of light. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, it says, For once you were uh, darkness. For you were once darkness. Okay, but now you are what? Light in the Lord. Live us, children of light. Tell the person beside you and tell that person, Live us a child of light. Live us a child of light. Okay? You are bright. Okay? Come on, come on, come on. Tell that person, you are bright. Yeah, don't look at the color of his skin, okay? No, you are dark. No, but you are bright, okay? Confess it. God loves light. In fact, that was the first thing that he created. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep. So you can imagine that during the first, you know, day of creation, there was nothing. And it says, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Have you ever tried imagining how it is to be dark? No? It's like this. So, God, it was dark, and then what happened was,
he was against the dark side of the force. Now, I think that's a wrong story, right? <laughs> but we can see that if there's darkness all over, just one small light will dissipate darkness, right? You know, even if you enter a small room that is dark, try to light a small candle, guess what? All right. I always wanted to do that. Wala lang, I'm a Jedi fan. And what happened? And God said, what? Let there be light. And there was? How many of you love light? I hate darkness. Diba? Gusto natin maliwanag. Liwanag ng buhay. Diba? We want that. And God saw that the light was good and He separated the light from darkness. Here we can see that in the first day of creation, the very first thing that God created was light. First chapter in the Bible talks about light. And if you fast forward in the end of the Bible, in Revelation chapter 22, it still talks about light. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them Light. He himself will be the light. Can you imagine that? God himself is light and they will reign forever and ever. Now, since we are children of the light, my question for us today is, how do we walk in the light? Basically, we're going to be studying what the apostle was talking about in his first chapter, how to live in the light. Now, if you say walk, when you say to walk, it's, it's coming from the Greek word peripateo, which means to live. Okay? Uh, to walk is a uh, Greek word peripateo, which means to live. Now, how do we walk in the light? Number one is we need to live out the truth. Can we read this out loud? Number one, two, three. Live out the truth. Verse 6, it says, If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. Now, I believe that in order for us to be able to live by the truth, we need to be, first of all, we need to be real with ourselves. Okay? Kailangan magpakatotoo ka. You need to be honest with yourself. You need to be transparent. You need to be real. You need to be vulnerable. In fact, how can we live by the truth if we don't know what the truth is? We need to go back to that thing that gives us the truth. And what is that truth? That is the Word of God. That's why we encourage you all the time, if you have a Bible, don't just let it sit on your desk. Read the Bible. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to live it. And then, everybody say, and then. And then you will be prosperous. And successful. Now, how many of you would like to be prosperous? Please raise your hand. Hey, Lord, kuna mo na literato to. Selfie mo lahat sila. Okay? And how many of you would like to be successful? Please raise your hand again. Alright. Great. That's all of us, right? Now, how many of you would like to read the Bible? 
Yawn. All right. Come on. Give the Lord a hand. Nagtas din ang kamay, no? You know, that particular text actually says, it's almost like there's a direct effect on your ability to read the Word, obey the Word, and meditate on the Word. It's almost like a, it's almost like a direct effect on your prosperity and success in life. In fact, in John chapter 17, verse 17, it says, Sanctify them by the truth. Your Word is truth. That's the Word of God. The Word of God is truth for us. The Word of God is actually the one that serves us guidance. It's the one that you know, speaks to us. Now, how many of you, every time you read the Word, sometimes uh, you'd be convicted and, you know, the truth sometimes hurts? Yeah, parang, wow, Lord, ako ba to? O yung kapitbahay ko? Parang ganun, yung, sometimes when I'm reading the Word, you know, I, you know, it's like a mirror. It shows you who you are. I think case in point, the truth really hurts. When somebody tells you the truth about yourself, how many of you know that sometimes the truth hurts? You know, can you imagine, for example, if you saw a friend from, from high school, okay, and this friend saw you walking in the mall and said, Wow, bro, kamusta ka na ito? Okay pa rin ako. Ang taba mo ngayon, bro. Now, how many of you would appreciate that truth? Maybe after slapping that friend, you'd say, thank you for telling me the truth. You know, sometimes the truth hurts. But we need to know the truth. But there's a way to say the truth. You always say the, speak the truth in love. And I believe that that's what, the reason why it's very important for us to have vital relationships in the church because they are those that speak the truth to us. And sometimes the truth will hurt. I also realize that the people who are closest to you are the ones who can hurt you the most. Right? How many of you will agree with me on that? Because they're the ones who are not afraid to tell you the truth. That's why, you know, if, if people are correcting you because they're your friend or maybe your family, receive the truth. Because that's good for you. Tell the person beside you, sabi sa kanya, that's good for you. By the way, you look good today. Sabi sa kanya, you look good today, okay? <clears throat> I hope that's the truth. <laughs> Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. We are to live out the truth. And if we don't know the truth of God's word, how are we to live it out? In Psalm 119, it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. The word of God is our guide. Many of us are asking for wisdom. We see your prayer requests. And many of your prayer requests are things about guidance and wisdom. And, you know, Lord, help me to make the right decision about this or that in business or maybe in a relationship. I believe that the Word of God is a very good tool and instrument for knowing what to do. Now, let me ask you something. How many of you normally, when you buy a gadget or maybe when you buy a new appliance, you normally read 
the manual before you operate that gadget. How many of you read manuals before you operate gadgets? Can you please raise your hand? Kokonti lang. How many of you would rather use the gadget and not read the manual? Forget the manual, right? But when the gadget is broken already, you go to the manual. And you read the manual. And you try to find out what is that thing that I did wrong. And sometimes it's too late because it's irreparable already. Because you misused that gadget. You probably abused it. You know, abuse comes from the word abnormal use. Hmm. Look at the, tignan mo yung katabi mo, look at the person beside you, sabi mo sa kanya, hindi ikaw yon. <laughs> Nagbabasa ka ng manual kasi, okay? And guess what? When you talk about the, the Word of God, the Word of God is more than manuals. You know, somebody once said, the Bible is a manual for living. Let me just, yeah, I agree with that, but I believe that the Bible is more than a manual. The Word of God is life. The Word of God is living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates. It cuts through the heart. It penetrates through bones and marrows. You know, this particular Word of God is the one that sustains us. Without the Word, we are dead. It's the Word of God that was spoken to you that made you alive. Do you know that? The reason why we are saved, it's because of the spoken Word of God. Treat the Word of God like oxygen. How many of you can live here without oxygen. Okay, everybody hold your breath. Hold it. Hold it. No breathing. <coughs> How many of you can survive without air for about a minute? That's tough. You know, some people can survive without food for 40 days, 40 nights, like Jesus and Moses. Maybe water for about seven days, but without air or oxygen, I think about maybe max three minutes, five minutes. The Word of God is kind of like that. Without the written Word, we cannot live. We cannot survive. What does it mean to live out the truth? It also talks about letting your light shine. Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In other words, in other words, when you say you're a Christian, can it be validated by the way you live your life? Can people say and they can confirm, can they confirm na, ah, okay, this guy, yeah, this guy is a Christian. This guy is a believer. Or will they say, Huh? Christian ka pala? Hindi ko alam, hindi halata, grabe. Ang galing mo magtago. Because many times when you speak, ang galing mo talagang mag, ano, mag-curse, you know? Malutong. And I hope that when we live our life outside this church, you know, Christianity is not just coming to church on Sundays from 5 to 6.30. That's not Christianity. That's part of it. 
But I believe that real Christianity is when you leave those doors. And when you start living your life starting tomorrow morning. When you do your morning commute. And when you're riding the bus. And there's this guy who is seated beside you. Okay? And he's so unlovable. And what do you do? How do you respond? It's when you go to the office and your office mate who is so obnoxious and who's so unlovable. Or maybe your boss sees you. Lit ka na naman. Push up. You know, I don't know what he does. More like a military. <laughs> Let your light shine before others so that they may glorify your Father in heaven. Christianity is not just a belief system. It's more than just saying, praise the Lord. And during the week, erase the Lord. You know, we praise the Lord on Sundays. We worship God. We come here. And that's great. Some of you are even standing there at the back and you're, you don't mind just the, you know, even the warmth of this, atm- of this place because we want to come here and enjoy the worship and the presence of God. But the real Christianity happens when we step out of this place and live in the real world. It's, it's how you live your life in your home, how you treat your wife with respect, how you submit to your husband, How you raise up your kids in the fear of God. How you treat your maids. How you treat the guards. How you treat the waiters. Especially when your food comes in cold already. How you treat the ushers. When they tell you, Sir, sorry, we have to close the door. Kasi 1,200 na. Would you like to come to the next service? I'm here already! Papasukin mo ko. Eh, sir, five minutes na lang eh. Ending na eh. Would you, would you mind waiting? Late pala, no? You know, there's a computer jargon that came out, I think in the 90s, that says, Wisey wig or wisey wig. What you see is what you get. Ah, ayun pala yung sabihin nun. Ah, okay. O, ano ngayon? <laughs> I think it was Apple who did this because, you know, whatever it is that you're working on, for example, if you're doing a layout or a graphic on computer, it means that when you print it out on the printer, what you see on the screen is what you will get on paper. Yun ayun sabihin nun. What you see is what you get. When you say you're a Christian, what you see here, what you hear me confess is what you will get when you look at me as I live my life as a father, as a businessman, as a pastor, as a son, as a daughter, as a wife. What you see is what you get. That is how we live the truth of God's Word. Are you here this afternoon? How many of you sometimes, you know, the Word really hurts? Okay, look at the person beside you and tell that person, be real. I'm not talking about perfection here, by the way. As you will see later on. You know, living out the truth talks about change. Everybody say change. change. This is what we read earlier in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. 
We were once in darkness. Now we are children of the light. Something changed, right? How many of you noticed the change in your life? Please raise your hand. When you became a Christian, how many of you noticed the change in your life? You personally, you noticed the change in your life. Please raise your hand. Great. Now, how many of you think that the people around you notice the change in you? Lord help us. I'm Okay. Oh, no, you're just humble, right? You're humble. You don't want to be bragging about that. Change of mind it talks about repentance. It means metanoia. First thing that changed when we became Christians or believers is the way we think. Something changed in our mind. The Spirit of God enabled us to think right. Before, when we were sinners, we live a pattern of sin every single day. We are slaves to sin. It doesn't matter if you do sin or if you obey God because for you, the nature is you're a sinner. But now that you're changed, you're a new man. It all began with you, with God changing your mind. Another thing that changed for us is motivation, our desires. We used to be so self-centered. We used to be just, you know, proud and arrogant about ourselves. But now the motivation is only to honor God and to, to ask, Lord, is this your will? You know, it's, it's about finding the will of God in your life because you know that if you're in the perfect will of God, His will is always good, pleasing, and perfect. Change of motivation. There's a change in direction. You used to live a life that is so predictable. You are on your highway to hell. Highway to hell. You know, you used to walk that path. But now, you're on the stairway to heaven. Ah, kanta rin yun. Hindi ko lang alam ang chorus, okay? Change of direction. Change of ways. There's a change of your habits and behavior. You suddenly became responsible. You suddenly are kinder now. You're more loving. You're more caring. You're more nurturing. You're not perfect. But yet, people are starting to see, wow, may nagbago kay daddy. Or may nagbago kay mommy. And they see that change. In other words, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has what? Gone and the new has come. You are a new person. You know, people will not recognize the new you. That is how it is to live out the truth. No one has genuinely encountered Christ that remained unchanged. If you encounter the Lord, or if Christ came into your life, guess what? It's imperative that you, your whole self, that your whole perspective, your lifestyle will change. Amen? Are you here this afternoon? There is something that will change if you encounter Christ. It's more than just confessing, I am saved. I am a Christian. I am a believer. Something has got to change. And this is what the Apostle John is saying. You got to prove to others 
that you are genuinely saved. Yes, salvation is still all about faith. It's about putting our trust in the finished work of Christ. It's not about working for Him. But yet, when now that we are saved, if you're a recipient of the grace of God, and people, people have to see something that has changed in your life. Secondly, how do we walk in the light fellowship with one another? Verse 7, it says, But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have what? Fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sins. I think when you talk about fellowship, and the right? When you, saw, when you say fellowship, I think what comes to mind is you, you know, hanging out or maybe, you know, maybe going to a party with some Christian friends or maybe having coffee together or maybe attending a victory group or maybe coming to church. It's fellowship, right? But I think the acid test of fellowship is when people offend you. It's when the rubber meets the road and maybe promises that were made before were broken by maybe a brother or a sister in Christ, by people maybe in the church, by people who you respect the most, by people who you love the most. In fact, 1 John chapter 2 even expounds it by saying, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates what? His brother is still what? In the darkness. And how dare we say that we are children of the light if we still hate our brother or sister. But pastor, you don't understand. This guy broke my heart. I don't understand your right. But our responsibility as Christians and as believers is to forgive and to love our brothers and our sisters. Verse 10, it says, Whoever loves his brother, what? Lives in the light and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. What that simply means is, you know, we all come in different degrees of maturity Sometimes a brother or a sister may not really live out what he or she is confessing and don't let that act stumble you in your walk with the Lord. If you're walking in the light and if it's bright here and there's somebody that stumbles in front of you, guess what? He wasn't more. You know, you don't go forward. It's not stumble ako sa iyo. And then with that, take offense against a brother or a sister. I think the real fellowship that comes is when our relationship is tested during a time of offense. And how we respond to offense really speaks about how we live our life, whether we are in the light or in the dark. Let's continue. Verse 11. But whoever hates his brother is still what? Is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. 
Hmm. Ouch. Pastor, busina ka naman ng konti. In chapter 3, verse 10 of the same book, it says, In this, the children of God and the children of the devil. Now, John is making a comparison this time. It's either you're a child of God or a child of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, sorry na. Okay. <laughs> Forgive. It talks about forgiveness. It talks about having that divine attribute. You know, there's a saying that goes, to err is human, to forgive is divine, and pastor, I'm having a hard time forgiving because I am not God. But guess what? Now that you are born again, there's a divine nature that is given to you. And God has given you the ability to forgive as well. In fact, He taught His prayer, forgive us our sins as, he, as we forgive others. And after that Lord's prayer, He even expounded on this. Jesus said, but if, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And in verse 15, but if you do not forgive men, can we read this out loud? their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's like saying that our ability to forgive is really a direct effect of how God forgives us. There's a direct correlation. And I don't know what this guy did to you. I know sometimes it's too hard to let go. Just let it go. Let it go. Don't hold it back anymore. Just let it go. Don't let any offense or unforgiveness or bitterness stop you from walking in the light. Are we here this afternoon? I know this is sometimes this is a tough word. Somebody's got to do it. Number three, how do we live our life or how do we walk in the light? As I land this thing, confess what? Our sins. And how many of you would be honest with me that from the day you became a Christian, you've committed a sin before the Lord already? Can you please raise your hand? Yung iba, hindi pa? Okay. Perfect pa? Galing ah. Nagtaas ako ng kamay, kayo hindi oh. In verse 8, it says, If we claim to be without sin, <laughs> We what? Deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Look at the person beside you. Just smile. <laughs> yeah. But the good news is this. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You know, I'm talking not about a lifestyle of sin. John here was addressing his letter to the believers, people who are saved, people who are no longer sinners, people whose very nature have been changed by God, people who've, become, who, people who've you know, come out of darkness and were transferred into the kingdom of light. And yet he was talking about, if you do sin, confess your sin, because while we are still here in this body, 
we're still not perfect. How many of you are perfect? Can you please raise your hand? Anybody? Kasi kung perfect ka na, ka na ni Lord. That's the ultimate perfection. The only way that you and I will be perfect is that one day when Jesus appears or when we leave this earth, that's when the ultimate perfection comes. As long as we're still alive here, there's a sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in our life. And daily, everybody say daily. Daily we are being sanctified. But I'm not talking about daily habitually doing the same sin. Because the Spirit of God has already given us the ability to overcome sin. Titus chapter 2 says, The grace of God that appeared to all men teaches us to say no. Everybody say no. No to sin. Every single day, the grace of God, if you receive the grace of God, that same grace that saved us is the same grace that teaches us to say no to sin. But yet, when there are times when we are weak, and when we stumble and fall, verse 9 of 1 John chapter 1 is a promise to us. If we confess our sins, who is faithful? God is faithful. He is faithful and just and will what? Forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What do we need to do? We need to confess our sins before Him. We need to humble ourselves. It's coming out in the open. Confession is not letting God in because He already knows who we are. We know we, he knows we broke the rules. Confession is agreeing with God. And you're saying, Lord, I am, you know, I failed again. But I thank you for your blood. I thank you for your mercies. And I come to you. And I'm sorry that I did this. Whatever sin that, that is, a sin of omission, a sin of commission, pride, unforgiveness, whatever that is. We got to have an attitude of coming before the Lord daily. Confess our sins. In verse 10, it says, If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. Simply put, sin is something in us that objects God. It always contradicts his will and seeks to be independent of him. In chapter 2, verse 1, it says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. Because John is writing this letter to help us overcome, over sin and over evil. But he did not end there. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks. In another translation, we have an advocate to the Father in our defense. We have a lawyer. We have an attorney. And who is that lawyer or an advocate? Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Can you imagine? God is the judge. Jesus is the lawyer. And when the judge will come to you and looks at you, you may be guilty, but the attorney is saying, I cover this. You know what the judge will say? Case dismissed. You are not guilty. Praise God. Amen. All because of our humility. Just the, if, we, if, we, if we can humble ourselves before Him. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. I think I shared this story long ago, but I think it's worth repeating. You know, there's a story of this young boy whose name is Johnny. 
and he received a gift from his dad, a slingshot. And he's always trying out his slingshot. He'd get a pebble and he'd try out and try to hit targets. He'd always miss hitting the bullseye. Alagang, pag, yung, alam yung slingshot, tirador. Diba? He'd get a pebble and he would take a shot. He would miss it every time. One day, his parents brought them, him and his sister Sally, to their grandmother's farmhouse. And so when he was in the barn, he once again picked up some stones and he saw in the barn a duck walking out by himself. And so what he did, anyway, I always miss it, so he practiced on the duck. Got a stone, he took his slingshot, took aim, released the stone, voila, bullseye. For the first time, that duck was hit by the stone right there and then. Dead. D-O-A. <laughs> so he panicked and he looked around. If somebody saw that action, he got the duck. He tried to cover the dead duck under a pile of leaves. And when he was covering the duck with the leaves, he looked up and he saw his sister Sally smiling at him. <laughs> looking at him who saw everything. He didn't say anything. They went back to the house. Grandma was preparing dinner. They ate the dinner and Grandma said, would you mind helping me with the dishes? And Sally said, oh, Grandma, Johnny wants to help the dishes. (laughs) And Johnny said, did I say that? And Sally whispered, remember the doc? And Johnny said, oh yeah, Grandma, I, I want to wash the dishes. <laughs> Very next day, they had breakfast. Once again, Grandma was asking, oh Sally, could you, can you help me wash the dishes this time? Because last night, it was Johnny who washed the dishes. And Sally said, no, Grandma, Johnny loves washing the dishes. And he said, he'll wash the dishes the whole time that we are here on vacation. What? Did I say that? Remember the doc. And this went on and on every single day until Johnny got so tired of washing all the dishes, throwing out the trash, and he said, I think it's just worth confessing to Grandma what I did. I don't want to wash the dishes anymore. I'm tired of washing the dishes. So he got all his courage, went to Grandma, and confessed. Grandma, I did something very terrible. I killed your duck. On the first day we arrived here. And grandma looked at Johnny and she told Johnny, You know what, Johnny? I was there when it happened. I saw you killed my duck. And I was just wondering, how long will you let Sally bully you and enslave you as long as you think that I don't know that? Guess what? The devil is kind of like that to us. If we don't confess our sins before God, he'd always bring out bad things from the past. Remember the duck. <laughs> you wake up in the morning and you want to worship the Lord and you, know, you feel like you're guilty. And the, the devil is always saying, Remember what you did last summer? <laughs> but if we come out clean, And if we confess our sins, 
the devil will no longer have a hold over us. Amen. It's coming out in the light. Amen. Come on now. It's coming out in the light. It's walking in the light. Living out the truth. Giving other people. Fellowshipping fellowshipping with other people. And confessing our sins before the Lord. Because we know that we have an advocate before Him. We may be guilty of a grave sin. Let's not candy coat our sin before the Lord. Let's not try to wash it or try to blame others about it. Eh, kasi si ano kuya gumawa yun eh. If you did it, just say, you did it. And receive the mercy and the forgiveness of God in your life. If you're going to take home something, this is what you can take home. To walk in the light is to live in obedience to God. Amen? We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts on our website at www.victoryalabang.org or by downloading the Victory Alabang app on your Apple or Android mobile devices. For updates, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you and stay connected.